0: This is the Fatherhood Unlocked podcast, and my name is Dan Doty. I'm a father of three, an outdoorsman, and a meditator, and supporting dads to be the best version of themselves is my highest calling. Fatherhood is the biggest rite of passage in a man's life. It's our biggest opportunity to grow up, to wake up, and to learn who we actually are. I believe that a father's love is the biggest missing vitamin on the planet. This podcast is intended to be a lightning rod to call men to action, to create community, and to set a new tone and standard for what fatherhood means. Welcome to Fatherhood Unlocked. Oh man, I just tried to do my intro and it was like I was plugging my nose and doing it like that. Then I realized that my son, Jude, he's four and a half. I guess he'll be five soon. He, he talks like his nose is plugged all the time. I have no idea why because it's not. Anyway, let's get on to this. I am so excited to welcome Stuart McCalla to the podcast. You ever meet someone and you just really like them, you know, not not in like a loud eh, way, but just a very deep, quiet uh, but strong way i i love this dude stewart is a managing partner at evolution and i have an announcement about evolution in just a minute and he is a uh, coach and consultant supporting senior leaders and leadership teams mostly at fast growing companies he's worked with lots of the big ones big ones that you are uh very aware of twitter and slack and dropbox and All those kind of things. And Stuart, here's some some words that stick out as I think about this dude. Uh, Immensely kind, but also kind of scary. (laughs) Kind of like a very (laughs) strong, masculine, just the most kind, warm-hearted, loving guy you'd ever met. And I have known Stuart for about a year now. And that kind of leads into my uh, announcement. That I have recently become a partner at Evolution. And Evolution is an executive coaching culture development for startups, high growth and mature companies. It is an incredible group of individuals of people. I've, I've found my tribe. Uh, you know, this podcast is obviously about fatherhood and the perspective on, on fathering. And uh, a huge part of my world and my work and my time is spent uh, in organizations and with leaders. But I have a, a growing passion for leadership. And I actually know that it overlaps with fatherhood and what we're doing here in this community completely. And in this conversation with Stuart, we get to explore that. We get to explore both. And um, it's a really fruitful, a fruitful uh, exploration, a fruitful inquiry. And I'm excited to share uh, both about my my becoming a partner at Evolution and in the coming weeks and months, I'm going to share much more about my work in that direction. If you follow my newsletter, if you follow along with what I'm up to, um, super excited about that. And I thought it'd be just a cool opportunity to release this podcast and this big conversation with Stuart um, at the same time. Last thing before we get to this conversation with Stuart is to name all the other things going on because there is a lot going on right now. The Fatherhood Unlocked Facilitator Training is starting a week from right now, starting on the 18th of September, 2023. Um, It is an eight-week training, and in this training, I am going to share the very best basic simple best practices of running men's groups And we are going to do that in the context of supporting dads. And I have a big vision here. My big vision has to do with, you know, my existing programs, Father's Fire, Fatherhood Ready. Um, You can find out more about those on my website, but it goes beyond that. I have visions of having fatherhood support people in schools across the nation, across the world. I have a vision of communities where, Dads are getting together to directly and intentionally mentor the younger generations. I also am very curious about taking this fatherhood work into the grandpa level too, getting grandfathers engaged and supportive. Anyway, lots of big dreams. Um, The first building blocks of these dreams are real now and are happening. And this facilitator training is a way to step up, step forward, become a leader, uh, not only for your family and yourself, but uh, for your community. And for really dads at large and families at large. And I really do see this as a as a one way to support the whole collective human endeavor here. So check it out, dandoty.com. Look under the fatherhood tab, and you know, you can find it. Beyond that, uh, Fathers Fire is an online men's group for dads, and we meet weekly. We've got all kinds of cool stuff going on. We're doing a big fitness challenge in October. Uh, we have our weekly meetings. We're also been doing book club. The first book we read was hunt gather parent, uh, which I'd love to get that author of that on the show. And right now we're reading Siddhartha, my favorite novel, novel of all time. And, uh, yeah, that is opening up to, uh, open enrollment at the end of September. So starting in October, we're going to be enrolling. I got a lot of Uh, great facilitators every guy coming into father's fire will have a professional facilitator uh, for every six guys and it is both a high touch deeply committed intimate men's group with a small group of men but then you also have this larger community and it's just it's just amazing the the wisdom and support you know on our on our chats you know people are talking about death and parenting and and the stress of little children and then also talking about power tools and just you know normal fun shit so uh it's been really lovely and we're going to open enrollment to father's fire at the end of this month all right enough yakking um strap in and you know have a beverage <laughs> whatever you want to do and i hope you really get a lot uh out of this conversation with Stuart McCalla. Stuart, welcome to Fatherhood Unlocked. Uh, excited to talk to you today. Super appreciate being here, Dan. Um, so just a, a note for the listeners. So Stuart is uh, the managing partner, one of the managing partners at Evolution, uh, an organization that uh, provides coaching and consulting to uh, organizations, mostly tech organizations, high growth companies. And uh, maybe this is <clears throat> maybe this is my public announcement. Maybe it's not, but I've just been invited to be a partner at this organization. And uh <laughs> this is something I and my family are celebrating uh really substantially. So happy to to share that little note. So that's exciting. And you know, Stuart, I met you, you know, primarily first. We had a, a short interview, I believe maybe nine months ago, as yeah. as I began exploring exploring my relationship mm-hmm. with evolution. And mm-hmm. um I'm just gonna say it outright, I'm a big fan. <laughs> I'm oh. a, and I, and I'm excited to, you know, learn about you, learn from you, uh, and just, you know, know you, know you as a man and a human too. So really excited to
1: to see where this goes today. Super appreciate that, Dan. And I'll just say evolution is also celebrating that you've joined as a partner. (laughs) (laughs) We seem to attract some really powerful folks. And I I just remember meeting you and being like, oh wow, yeah, this guy's gonna fit in. Um, Yeah, feels great. Yeah. It's a it's a good match, I think. Cool.
0: Well, so here's what I want to start with today. I'm gonna start with a very big uh, pointed question, which mm. is who are you as a father mm. and who are you in the world? So this may be just be a little opportunity to introduce yourself.
1: Yeah. Well, who am I in the world? I think I'll start off with that first. Yeah. Um, I'm a managing partner. I'm an executive coach. I think about organizations. Um, I remember many years ago, when I was actually an agile coach, I was in a program and a part of that program, they were talking about what's the the thing that you wanna be known for in the world or the thing that you wanna try and put your heart and mind to. And what I came up with is, um, I wanna end oppression in business.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, pre- and business is one of the primary places where people spend so much of their time and how can we create a more, not necessarily inclusive, but a more human, yeah. thoughtful, way to do business and i think that will reflect both in communities and or in organizations and then in communities and then in society and so many different ways you can affect the overarching um over the world but that's one of the ways that i wanted to be um to do that um and then who am i as a father i think i'm an evolving always learning person i mean um in 2009 my child was born and i remember holding this little baby and being like what the holy heck and i'm you know i was 39 (laughs) years old right so it wasn't like i was um younger for the younger fathers i totally have lots of uh empathy but for for me i was i was really stunned by now that this little being was looking up at me and um it was such a vulnerable Uh, and powerful weight of responsibility in the best sense Mm. um, that I remember going, well, you know, whoever I need to be, whatever my struggles are as a human, I'm going to work on them so that I can give this little, this little tiny being the best of me.
0: Yeah. You know? So there's a kind of an embedded rite of passage that I see that, that becoming a dad, you know, brings out, right? Yeah. And, you know, we can geek out about what that means or how that works. But, but I guess my question to you is who were you before, before you became a dad, like, give us a snapshot of, of that you, and then maybe walk us through, I don't know, some of the specifics, like what, what changed as, as, as that, right. As, as you changed, right. And I'm yeah. assuming you did a, quite sure you probably did, but walk yeah. us through that.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, when I, Before being a father, I was a martial artist, a friend, a son, a brother, all those identities that met, really, I was thinking about myself. Um, Then I got married, you know, became a husband. I'm thinking about my spouse and our partnership, but still having not necessarily quite a transactional, but a very give and take experience, right? With your friends you it's like how are, are you are you good friends are you um you know you're treating each other well there's a little bit of of transactionality into that um yeah. um in a family as you well know families can be complex and lovely and dynamic my family is all those things um uh immigrant traumatized family showed up here into the states so lots of thoughts and feelings around that. But once again, basically based in my own perspective and looking through my eyes. Yeah. Um, and so selfish and aware of my being selfish and sort of self-absorbed, wanting to do lots of different things in the world and really coming out of that. But then as I was saying, becoming a father and we had a home birth. Mm-hmm. Um which uh was totally my wife's decision. <laughs> Obviously it wasn't mine, right? I'm I'm I was like, "Let's go to the hospital." She's like, "No, let's do a home birth." And I'm like, "Okay." And you know, <laughs> had to set up the birthing tub and all that sort of stuff. And um that was actually a powerful, I mean, we were talking about Rite of Passage. That was a that was a powerful Rite of Passage to be around mostly women, but to yeah. be male and supportive and yeah, thoughtful and but still quite taking on that sort of typically male role of fixing and organizing yeah. and yeah i mean wrestling with that damn tub to get outside of our kitchen because <laughs> <laughs> you know my wife has just given birth and there's a baby and there's all these midwives and doulas in there and, yeah um, so i was the person that was you know t- needed to take care of that so after um my child was born i just re- distinctly remember and going there's two things one um being an immigrant underrepresented um black mixed heritage south asian family my wife is also a puerto rican an american and um brilliant i just remember thinking wow um i'm gonna give the best of what i've got to this little child Mm. and it you know uh I, I talk to i've talked to a lot of fathers um one thing i remember also is also the 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 drive to protect mm-hmm. you know walking around with my daughter in a little carry on and um she was when she was born she was small enough that i could put her in my jacket in the there's this device called the mobi and i would zip up the jacket and her little head would be sticking out and um i just remember like being angry if a leaf touched her (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know that drive to protect and that drive to make sure nothing ever happens to your child and um that's the one of the things i'm
0: both intrigued and and i i think i really appreciate about you is is uh your martial arts background and right uh maybe you could talk about all your guns or or not but but just there, there there's definitely like there there's a very clear protector i mean um you know i i see and have experienced you as incredibly warm incredibly open-hearted um but there's this yeah very um noticeable like i don't know classical protector in there too so yeah, I think that's, yeah that's cool.
1: yeah yeah oh, well you, you know you have to manage that you have to manage whatever you have in life when you become a father you manage that and i ha- i definitely have that protector role yeah but i also didn't want to be the father that when my when my kid is is um you know dating it's hopefully 19. No, but 16 order whatever it is she decides to appropriately date right yeah that i'm not the guy that's going to threaten whoever she's dating (laughs) because that's not to
0: try very hard to to to, to put some threat into the air
1: (laughs) no i know but i mean you you don't you don't want to you know there's stories of like fathers (laughs) cleaning guns in front of their date i mean like that's just not cool i mean who who wants to have that kind of beer based Uh, you know um, totally
0: yeah uh, so you you mentioned the uh just briefly the you know, being a birth partner for a for a home birth. so we we attempted three home births, the first one we transferred to the hospital, but we we had two successful home births after that. Mm-hmm. And there is something really wild, for, I mean for me, speaking from my experience, really wild about that. And one little thing that I like to trip out about is you know men as birth partners is a is a pretty recent it's an extraordinarily mm-hmm. recent phenomenon like if you mm-hmm. and i'm sure there's ex, there's examples to the contrary i imagine but generally speaking if we look back in all of human history that wasn't the that wasn't a dude's place right mm-hmm. to to be there as a primary birth partner and so mm-hmm. that's one of the little data points that i that i like to bring in talking about fatherhood today is because the role does seem to be shifting pretty substantially Mm-hmm. Um, right before our eyes, right? Mm-hmm. And and men as nurturers, men as being woven into the into the home life, and it's there's it seems to be change afoot. Um, but what I'm curious about for you is, you know, what what did fatherhood look like? How is it regarded? How is it enacted in your mm-hmm. family mm-hmm. in the back couple of generations? Like, what's the yeah? What's the yeah. sort of karmic lead up to you being a dad here?
1: yeah so um well first let me say uh in all of human history men have been fathers in many different ways and there's lots of different examples of that in uh, many different cultures where men were more involved or less involved and certainly in western society and what has been adopted in this country up until say the 70s is the ideal of a man as father as a distant figure mm-hmm. um and so in my family system um the men in my family my father was very much hands on for a period of time and then i mean he's always been around um but there was a little bit less emotional availability mm-hmm. Um, Something we've gotten better at as I've gotten older, Um, but that was the lineage. I mean, my my grandfather. I I, I tell my story. So my my Trinidadian grandfather, um, Joe. Joe was very tall, but I don't remember much of him other than he just kind of like nodding to me. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he was happy that he had a grandson. He's like, whatever, you know, like this is kind of this mellow thing. Whereas my my Jamaican grandfather, um Stanley, he was way I remember him being more involved, but he still didn't talk much.
2: Hmm.
1: Um he was more a presence. Um hmm. he would take me in places and um and he was a large, he was like six four, large, imposing guy. Um and so my been me deciding to become a father, I'll just give my hats off to my, to my spouse and my wife. Um, she was like, well, you, we need to do some work before we have children. Hmm. Because she knew my family history, her family history. Um, we need to do some work. And so we did work on being parents. Uh, we did work where we went with families who had children and we were it's called being an ally to that family, not to the parent and not to the child, but to the relationship of that family. No kidding. Interesting. Yeah. And it was really, it was really great because you don't, you don't want to take aside, oh, you know, to the child, your parents are just idiots and yeah, they suck. And I'm yeah. cool with you. Right. Or to the parents, yeah, your child is just rotten and, or they don't, they don't understand, or you should just, you know, be stronger or more dominant with them. But if you're working on the relationship in the family, it's like, what's going to serve Mm-hmm. Hey, do you know your 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 son or your daughter is so amazing? Like, look at look at what they discovered or talked about. That's a conversation to have with a parent or to the child. Hey, you know your parent. Do you know how cool they are and how much they mm-hmm. love you and when I, And it's like, oh, you start to working on the relationship with the family. All this is to say that. Um. So this helped me when I was becoming into my parent role. When I was like, oh. I don't want to do it the same way that my parents did it or my father did it. Hmm. I really want to be way more engaged on the emotional level. Yeah. Um, certainly on the providing level, certainly on the protector level, kind of, I I figured I, I kind of have that. <laughs> but on the emotional level, and it's hard work, right, to be emotionally available. Yeah. Um, especially when it requires us to do a lot of work on what's our triggers? Why do I get pissed off? What role should I have as a man in in the in the family? How do I ask for help? Where do I be vulnerable? I mean, my wife jumps on me all the time, and she's like, "Ask for help." I'm like, "Yes."
0: (laughs) Where did you meet your wife? I'm curious. Where Where did you and your wife meet?
1: (laughs) We met online, actually. Uh, Yeah, Um, we would never met each other um, if it wasn't for the the wonderful internet. Was it Match? Um, I met my wife on Match.com. Was it Match? Oh, uh, Craigslist. (laughs) <laughs> Craigslist Craigslist. We were a Craigslist couple. Yeah. That's before it got really weird. I mean, online dating is weird anyway, but but you know, Craigslist was was how I met her. You win. Um,
0: that's the prize. That's awesome.
1: Well, yeah, no, it it certainly was, you know, uh, maybe I'll tell the story at some other point. But um, meeting her was definitely one of those things where i was like, oh, there's so many weird things that connected yeah. us. Did you know you wanted to be a dad though, prior? Did you grow up? Oh, I, yeah. I mean,
0: did you have a sense? Was that clear?
1: Oh yeah. I, okay. So when I met my wife and we started getting um, serious and I was like, I want five children. I was like, with who? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was real for you though. That was, yeah, a real- I was like, I really wanted to be a dad, <laughs> but I'm really glad I did not become a dad at that age because I still have, and still do lots of work on myself because of trauma and history and all that sort of stuff. Like I'm, yeah in no way hopefully anybody who is listening to this um i think i just want to offer that um doing work on yourself and facing your your fears and your demons and your struggles like that's the best way to be a dad because then you have more compassion and empathy for for your spouse and for your children right
0: yeah one uh,
1: more one more
0: specific question on the when you did the you and your wife did the work with other families was mm-hmm. that in the capacity of support or just learning or like what was the what was the capacity of that kind of program that's I've never actually heard of that before that's really fascinating oh
1: yeah yeah it was called family work and so um it's it's both learning but it's it is of support to the family that you're engaged with yeah um and you know for a I'll just say it was great meeting a lot of families there were a lot of white families that I dealt with and it was you know lovely and just you fall in love with people right? But the powerful work for me is when we were started working with black families. Mm. And you are facing and experiencing things that you may have experienced or faced when you were a kid. Yeah. And you have to work your way through that, right? And so working with families, I mean, I remember having um this kid. And it was it was tough for me. Like I grew up in an immigrant Caribbean household where you don't dock to your elders. So, so when kids would tell me, Shut up, I was like, shut what did you just say now <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but knowing that that is that child's um frustration coming to the fore, you can say hey you don't talk you know you have a different tone like you don't get to talk to me that way but what's going on with you
2: yeah
1: and that's a much different way than saying you ever say that again i'm going to knock your teeth in right <laughs> and like <laughs> having yeah. that kind of violent yeah. domination kind of fathering right is, yeah it's different to have a um a more thoughtful approach so yeah that that family work was really powerful and i remember doing it for four years and um hats off to uh uh ali ihara brown who was one of the people who brought me into family work mm, cool um and her family just you know like loved them and they're a mixed family just just loved to love that family um still do um, and it's yeah. and it's powerful, it's powerful work to do. I would I would highly advise it to anybody. Very cool.
0: I'll look into it. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, <clears throat> another one of my sort of things that people who listen to this are probably sick of hearing me say, um, is one of the one of the sort of, I don't know, notes that kind of continually blows me away is that um, you know, most most of the men I speak to, and if I ask them, know what's the most important thing in your life like what's Mm -hmm. your big thing and Mm -hmm. it usually is being a dad or it's usually their children that Mm -hmm. that's the answer i have gotten more more than not and the the i don't know in our culture the level of intentional preparation or Mm -hmm. education Mm -hmm. or i mean think about it like you can be a you know an accountant and go to school for four or six years to be an accountant and And that's this thing that supports your big thing in life, right? But the Mm -hmm. big thing in life, we tend to just stumble into for the most part. And we're we're programmed by how we were raised in these things. So I love that to highlight that, you know, you and your wife had the foresight to hold on. Like we should, we should, you know, probably address some things, look at some things. We need need to do some work beforehand. And, you know, this mind is... I think not as intentional and well, it was intentional, but different when I was, I think I was 30, 29 mm-hmm. or 30, I was living in New York city. And, um, I knew I wanted to have kids. I knew I was looking to find a partner to, you mm-hmm. know, to, mm-hmm. to line up with. And, um, I ended up moving in with a, a friend of mine and, and her partner had one daughter and then they ended up having a a baby a home birth in in the apartment in in Brooklyn when I lived with them so I spent a year um I realized I had never held a baby
1: before yeah you know 30 years old had never held a
0: baby and I'm like man I like I'm walking blind into this thing I think I want more than anything and I should maybe try you know get close to it somehow so I'm really grateful that's my, my friend Mandy and Kevin and yeah Um, yeah yeah, that was wild to be like a a single dude in new york coming home and you know a birth is happening
1: (laughs) yeah 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 and you're like whoa that's yeah exactly (laughs) well you know i think what's powerful too what you're saying is when people see that you have a level of skill and attention for being a father or being a, a a paternal like figure and hopefully an enlightened paternal like figure like somebody who's going to really support a relationship with with that person and their parents, whatever. I mean, I remember um, friends of mine, even before we had a child, would see me and be like, here, hold my kid. Because they knew that I was going to be like, okay, this is now my responsibility. And I'm going to make sure nothing happens to this child, right? Because, you you know, dudes take that on. I think a lot of guys take that on. And then to your point, don't necessarily have a place to talk about. What it means to take that on yeah and so i mean also um father's groups i mean i ran one for a little while i would highly recommend that if anybody's being especially if you have a father of a, a little one mm-hmm. go talk to other dudes and just be have a place to vent and so you get that out of your mind out of your your heart out of your spirit and you can come back refreshed and give your family what you want which is the best of yourself Um, and some people do that and some people don't you know so yeah
0: there's a a narrative here that you you've uh invested heavily in yourself and your family and you know done a lot of work i'm I'm curious what how did that begin Or, or what was what was your path into that were you always a intentional aware guy or did that did that break open at some point for you Boy, I wish I was an intentional
1: aware guy. I kind of just, <laughs> I kind of just stumbled in because I'm curious. I've always been interested in spirituality. Um, you know, I, I, there are things I would do do differently if I had a chance to do it over again. Um, but I just kind of wandered into it. I, I um, did martial arts for years, and martial arts. What I loved about the teacher that I had at the time, still my teacher. Um, what that he was very family oriented. So I remember, um, you know, he's a father of three. Um, and we'd come to his house to train, and then it's like, okay, let's all eat dinner. And we're holding on to his children as we're all talking, and they were like, you're our uncles, and we're going to climb all over you. it was a very rela- family relational experience, right? Large Mexican family. Um, so I kind of, I kind of got that from him. This idea of like you make yeah. it work with all aspects of your life, and if somebody comes into your life, they know that you're a father, and you're just going to be like, it's one of the things I got to do. Yeah, and you're going to be yeah. part of it. And so we were all part of it. Um, and so that, I think that's what put me on the path to be thinking about being a father like sawing what he did what i really enjoyed and respectfully what he didn't and what i didn't enjoy about him being a father right um to his children seeing that um but he but that idea of just being so loving and open and caring to like not only be around your children but to bring mm-hmm. other people in as well too is super powerful yeah um, and then, you know, as I said, I met my, met my partner and she was like, we need help. So that was the, that was the, it wasn't my intentionality. It was her intentionality. She's like, we need help. I'm going to be married to you. And and I'm like, okay, I right, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of help do you think? We tried lots of different modalities. We tried yeah. 12-step programs, reevaluation counseling that was part of the family work, individual therapy work. And my, my thought is for families, if you can try it all, lots of different things and see what sticks. Yeah. You know, um, and that's what we did. We tried lots of different things and there are things that stuck and things that didn't. And what's, what especially stuck for you? I'm curious, what, what, what yeah. things, like,
0: really made an impact?
1: Well, I think when I started uh, working on trauma, hmm. that for me personally, that was a game changer. Um, this idea of there's, there's an invisible script that runs based on some sort of traumatic event.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I had to work on anger. Um, you know, we, we have a couples therapist and, uh, when I remember, um, when I first started going to her with my partner, we, I would get so angry. I would either like, I couldn't think right i couldn't get and that was that's a trauma response right to be that angry yeah. where you can't really be for, or verbalize or articulate yeah um and uh now i'm able to have really highly charged emotional conversations relatively calm yeah um so that was that was the that was the biggest thing for me was working on trauma and working on anger um i really loved the fact that my martial arts training was like you never hurt anybody in anger Mm-hmm. right you don't you don't go off and start you know attacking somebody because you're angry and probably because i thought my martial arts teacher would beat the crap out of me if i ever did that <laughs> if i found out about it right and i'm like that's not something i necessarily want um but it was this idea of like hey i i need to work on my emotional landscape so i can show up better and that was really the the, the biggest game changer for me yeah yeah um you know i've i a big part
0: of my path was, was men's work specifically. And you mentioned <clears throat> running a father's group or, or yep. n- noting father's group, I'm, I'm father's groups. I'm curious. Um, I think you've done MKP specifically or I wh- what, what type? Oh, you have not. Okay. I have
1: not. No, no. Yeah. I, I, um, I know a lot of people have done MKP and for um, yeah. the people, I, I guess you've talked about the mankind project. Um, I haven't done, I've done shadow work. I have done I uh, said sort of reevaluation counseling, I've done online, I've done therapy. And I don't know if this is taboo to talk about, but I've also done a lot of psychedelics, intentional psychedelics yeah. as yeah. a way to heal trauma.
0: Not taboo at all. I mean if if you're interested or willing, I'd I'd love to love to hear more. I mean it's, you know, so have I. So yeah. have I, I I don't I don't lead with that all the time, but um Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean actually I think that's a Again, we don't have to open that can all the way up here, but uh, mm-hmm. I think that's
1: an important conversation in the context of parenting. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think yeah. it is a path to self-exploration, self-realization. Um, I do believe that you can overdo psychedelics and looking for p- information or or um, healing through psychedelics. I don't think mm-hmm. you can do a lot of psychedelics every year um because it really requires a lot of reflection and integration yeah most of the of the of the psychedelic practitioners that i um really trust are therapists yeah and they're like yeah you have to do you have to do some sort of integration piece around this stuff um and i'll just tell you one of the stories i remember is coming out of a large tech company um i went through a psychedelic journey um I remember I was uh, taking the substance and I was shaking like, you know, the stress I think of being in a large corporate environment was just finally coming off me. And I went home and, you know, a couple months later, I said, hey, to my wife, like, hey, you know, um, I did this thing and you have seen me. She goes, I said, what's my, what's your experience with me? And she said, I, 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 you're softer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So I'm softer. I'm softer to my wife. I'm softer to my child. Softer to people around me. It's not as the edge isn't there. Yeah, which I don't want to ever have again. You know that kind of edge that men get. One hundred percent. You know, it's like that's just yeah. not. That's a that's a that's a defense mechanism that I don't need. Right. I don't need yeah. to do that. So yeah, psychedelics was really important. Uh, an an important tool for me. Um, I'm so
0: curious, and I've actually not had any conversation like this on the show yet, but do you i'm curious how you may talk about psychedelic i mean it's obvious we're in a moment right i mean the landscape is changing so much and i haven't had my my children are are quite young and there's no need yet to you know bring it to the table and discuss as a family but i'm curious how you have or or would speak about that to your daughter or to the family
1: yeah i mean i i think with my daughter what i'll just say is um i mean that you know she's she's a teen so i don't it'll be interesting to have a conversation about about substances anyway generally yeah Yeah. um but i will describe that that psychedelics is a therapeutic process or i I treat it as a therapeutic process um you know and we'll have to have conversations about alcohol and you know recreational drug use and sex Mm -hmm. And i'm like all for it i mean i just sweat every time I think about having you know conversations about <laughs> yeah. you know, those things yeah. with my teen. Yeah. but you know and I practice with people and 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 talk to mentors and friends before I do it just so I can um, hopefully be somewhat articulate but I think having a, a direct conversation with your children where you're sharing age appropriate information I think yeah. sometimes parents will do like we'll talk about stuff and you're like, I don't think you're a 13-year-old or 15-year-old or 16-year-old child should hear about how you were swimming naked with a whole bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not saying yeah. I did that, but it's like, you know, like if, if you're if that's the, the experience you had. Um, you should have age-appropriate conversations that yeah. about what can your child ingest and take make meaning from a conversation about substances. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for me, it would be like, hey, you know, I, and I'm curious to hear what you say, Dan, especially to your, like, when you think about having that conversation with your child, their children, because each child will be different because you have three.
0: 100%. You know? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, my baseline, I think, and the baseline my wife and I tend to, you know, come back to is uh, is to be fairly forthright and uh, and honest. 100% without uh over or over dramatizing mm-hmm. or right and and i think you know actually this is one of these millions of ideas that i'll never do but i think an app where uh age appropriate you know it'd be nice to have a reference to, yeah. to go back yeah. to it's like an app that says okay my kid is four and a half here's the topic you know um, right. i mean that right. that's some of the work we all have to do i think as parents is to figure that out ourselves but yeah. Yeah. um You know, it's interesting. I, you know, specifically with psychedelics, it was a, it was a substantial part of my younger life. Mm -hmm. Um, I had an experience in my later twenties that, uh, that I kind of, uh, it was, it was too much. I I did too much at once and it was, it was unhelpful. It was very helpful and also unhelpful. And so Mm -hmm. I actually, uh, felt zero draw toward, toward those experiences, uh, until quite recently. Mm -hmm. And then I, um, and I, I had an experience this year, and the, what triggered that memory is just when you said the the softness that was, mm-hmm. you know, reported after you were back, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, that softness has been it was a nice reminder. I mean, it was it was a very positive experience recently. And, but yeah, with my kids, I you know I one of my I'm always wrestling with. You know, how far is too far is you know, w- would doing psychedelics with my kids when they're adults is that appropriate? A not like I don't know. We'll see when it happens. We'll see when we get there. but um yeah, i I tend to feel like we don't do a great job discussing what seems to be the most important things oftentimes, right? So yeah, death, yeah, sex. Yeah psychedelics spiritual experience relationships yeah, oh, yeah absolutely
1: life purpose all that sort of stuff yeah. yeah
0: yeah it's like why do we only do that in these little circles we go into like I mean if so I attempt to be straightforward with that stuff with my kids or at least that's yeah. where I'm at now
1: but, yeah I mean I'll just say one of the things um I tell people is I fully expect to you to your point earlier about like having conversations with your kid not knowing um I joke around that I have a fund which I actually kind of do um of when I'm 25 and my daughter comes up to me and says you screwed up in these six seven eight ways and we need to go (laughs) see a therapist I'm like let's go (laughs) like let me hear it like I want to hear it and I want to be able to work through it and I want to be able to you know yeah uh, address it so that um and I think that's the thing that's sort of new I see a lot of parents dealing with right now is the idea that you didn't do it perfectly, and that it is a responsibility and that your children will have feelings about how you raised them. 100%. And that's just normal part of life. And you get to explain it as best you can.
0: Probably as inevitable
1: or... as death. I would. That's imagined. right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And to not be afraid of it and not to be yeah. upset about it. It's just like that's just you know, they want answers. Because, you know, as you know, as a father, children look at you and they they study you and know so much more about you than you even think you know about yourself, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, terrifying. So that, it's terrifying. It's <laughs> terrifying, exactly, because their, their world <laughs> yeah. is based on what you provide, what you bring to them. So they're like, I'm going to watch this person and I'm going to really pay attention, right?
0: I interrupt this scintillating conversation with an announcement about Father's Fire. Father's Fire is an online men's group for dads. It's every Thursday night right now, and it is a place that is balanced between deep introspection and concrete action. The whole point is to show up for ourselves and our kids and our families as fully as possible to do the inner work that we need to get the support that we need and also to start literally taking accountable action and making changes. It's, uh, it's a lovely community. It's growing. Uh, and it's making a difference and you are invited open enrollment starting at the end of September. You can join anytime you want starting October 1st and find all the details of that at com slash father's fire. Oh, I had a hard one yesterday. Uh, so, you know, one of my consistent faults, I would say is, uh, I just cannot shake the need to be on time. It's like one of these hardwired, oh, yeah. probably a trauma response, yeah. I, you know, whatever, but it's, you know, I'm the guy who shows up early to the party and it's uh, it, it causes stress in the hustle Cause my wife is not that way. And, <laughs> but, but, but my, my oldest son is also not that way. Nah. And so, you know, gotta gotta get to school on time. You gotta do things. And, uh, I just realized oh this is embarrassing to share but he went to camp wearing his little sister's socks that didn't cover his heels and got blisters because he didn't want to tell me he I was rushing him out the door yeah. and he didn't want to say dad these don't you fit you know oh i just got like a stomach ache yesterday i'm just like i'm so sorry dude like you know what a what a what a crappy thing
1: I know, but you know, here's the thing: we're we're gonna fuck up. As I mean, like it's yeah. just inevitable. Yeah. We're gonna fuck up. I mean, what I should say though, like something a story like that. I mean, I remember one time I almost dropped my daughter, and for the next two months, I would think about it, and I would almost feel like I had a full on panic attack. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You know, what I'm saying like, because yeah. not only like, oh my god, I almost dropped my baby, um, but almost, oh my god, my wife will kill me, my mother. Her mother like it's just going to be bad right if for to, for dropping this kid and what i got to is as long in the in the overarching experience of my child as long as it's more positive and it's positive in the ways that she wants to be positive not in the ways necessarily that i want to be positive <laughs> then yeah. i think you know it'll, it'll kind of be all it'll all come out in the wash right? it'll, it'll all just sort of yeah. even out and of course you're still going to get stuff but yeah those moments when you like uh, but then you can turn it to something positive as you said you can have a conversation with your kid one time I forgot my daughter went to school and this is like last year in the pandemic she's in private school and I forgot to pack her lunch and so I door <laughs> <laughs> nice nice and she was like this is great I got <laughs> Thai food delivered to me and in the middle of the day with all this stuff. And my friends are like, you're amazing. Your father's great. And I'm like, <laughs> I turned that into a win. <laughs> Perfect. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so to, to shift maybe one one sure. gear down a little bit more, you shared in the preamble here of uh, both the power of, of fatherhood, but but the, maybe the sacredness mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm curious to to hear you on yeah what is sacred to you what, what how does is family fit into that
1: and yeah yeah i think for me though you know i said earlier that um i wanted to have five children we were having um you know my 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 struggles and my wife's struggles we weren't having a for a period of time the best marriage mm-hmm. and so when we decided to have children we started pretty late mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, I felt the sacredness that I I felt is that God gave me the ability to be a father and it's a responsibility. Hmm. And so I take it as um, I got extremely lucky. Hmm. I got extremely lucky to be a father and I got extremely lucky to be a father of this child. I say this thing to her and she gets really pissed off about it. But I'm like, thanks for choosing me to be your dad. Hmm. She goes, I didn't choose you. I'm like, Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> but it's the sense of like there's a there's a destiny in me being her father and her being my child. Yeah. And so I want to honor that. I want to be, you know, I want to give her the best that I can. And so it's a it's a it's a sacred duty. Um, and as long as we treat it with that sort of reverence, then it can't be a overwhelming duty because, you know, you, if it's a sacred duty, it's for you as well as for your children. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, and it's, it, it has shaped me. It has completely shaped me, you
2: know? Yeah. Yeah. To me, it's, it's
0: like, if it, um, you know, it's, it's gonna shape you, and it kind of is like, how much can you resist that shaping, <laughs> right? And but I feel that's part that's part of my mission with all this fatherhood work is is I I do think that the experience brings a lot of the goodness that we might all be looking for, and, and if we mm-hmm. can just kind of let it, you know,
1: then and just let it, yeah, and sort of sur- surrender to it almost, like surrender to yeah. this role, and know that you're an imperfect human, and you'll. I mean I think there's some way that TV and media has portrayed fathers as kind of either irreparably broken
2: mm-hmm.
1: or completely conscious and aware and you know understood understand what it likes to be a understand what it is to be a father. And I just over my life and I've seen with so many men, we dance between those two things. Yeah right we dance between where we're completely the father that people are like you're amazing yeah and then we're also the father people like wow you, you need some help <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. and we dance yeah. between those things and it's like i wish we could all like if if i love the work you're doing on fatherhood because i would love to see a fatherhood movement regardless of whatever age you are of being a father regardless of how you identify like there are people mm-hmm. who take on father roles who aren't biological fathers Mm
2: -hmm.
1: or stepfathers right for you know they're they're super uncles or um anyway so i just wish that there was a lot of space for men to explore fatherhood for them
0: yeah i mean amen that's you know i that's some of the bet that i'm you know, making in a sense here, and and I, you know, just to kind of open this up to a slightly broader context. Also, really curious to hear your thoughts on on this next part. Uh, you know, I, I I really do believe that uh, it's a it's a it's a role in life and in our society that that has leverage. It has big impact, mm-hmm. right? And and I think some of that impact maybe do to the distance that a lot of fathers had had been fathering from mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. sort of and I mean there's also data, right there's the the measurable impact on mental health and mm-hmm, success mm-hmm. in life if there's a present father, right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But anyway, my you know my short thesis is that if we could somehow generalize or mobilize a, a, a more uh, aware introspective, just addressed sort of space for dads generally. I I really feel like it would have very very substantial impact in so many
1: ways, right? Oh, in, completely, in, in completely. Yeah, completely. I mean, I, you know, here's the thing that uh, that I just I keep noticing and I want to sort of call out, which is there's this myth and narrative, for example, in in black communities that there are not strong fathers, and that's so not what I see in my yeah experience right and granted there are fathers who are struggling in any ethnicity Mm -hmm. class background geographic region but let's create a space where if there's a shot for that father to get some help yeah some support i mean i've said to i remember one guy i was talking to and i was giving him the line that i got which is don't, if you're going to become a new father, you can't get divorced for the first five years. Mm, Yeah. Because parenting is so, I mean, for all the mothers out there, they're going to talk about it, I'm sure, which is motherhood is extremely hard, right? All of a sudden you've got this child that's up on you and you can't live your life the way that you normally have. And so for fathers as well too. Now you've got this family that you're engaged with, and you're stressed out, and money, and you don't know if you're doing it right, and your wife's upset, and or your partner's upset. Um, I don't want to keep saying wife, but you know your spouse or partner is, mm-hmm. upset, is upset. And so, um, yeah, don't get divorced because that's just part and parcel of it. Like, yeah, I was lucky that while my child was, um, in her, you know babyhood and toddlerhood there are people that i could talk to yeah and i remember going what the fuck am i doing <laughs> i know and they're like yeah it sucks well that's yeah what that do.
0: that's one that's that's one of the things right isn't it like i feel i think it's the same for marriage but i think we do a poor job uh giving people a heads up what the reality of these things are right i mean i literally had no idea things would be as full and difficult as as they are at times having a family and being married, right? I mean yeah, I did a sure. lot of I did a lot of work in preparation too, many, many years. Mm-hmm. And then you know got to the got to the real thing, got to having kids and got to be married. And that's just like, oh geez, like I uh I have nothing here. You know, like I just it's it's so so real, you know, yeah. it's so overwhelming yeah. at times. Yeah.
1: I mean, I mean, that's it, which is just a place where you can share, where somebody's not going to um, bad mouth your spouse or your wife or, you know, bad mouth the marriage. I mean, granted, there are things in marriages that are irreparable that happens that you can't, that you have to come apart from. But I find most things, you know, and I, I'm going to tell you right now hopefully anybody's listening to this and i've said this in other podcasts please don't emulate my life because i've fucked up in a lot of different areas and will continue to because i'm a human being but what i am committed to is is to content continuously try to have the conversation Mm -hmm. continuously show up to to look at myself and be like yeah i messed that up and i need to work on that you know um And then to, as much as I can, have, you know, the hard conversations with people around me, um, with my spouse, with relatives, um, so that I can be as clear as possible and continue to be the best father that I can be. You know, because I've had my kid one time scream at me, you're treating me like a pet. I was like, who (laughs) the heck are you talking to? Like my Jamaican father was running from the back of my head to the front Uh, of my head. uh, But I had to have the conversation with people, and they're like, yeah, that's what she feels. I'm like, yeah, and you know okay yeah, right. all right honey what do you want what do you need to say what do you, let's let's hear it and she's got really mad at me and i was like yep and then yeah. she felt better yeah
0: yeah so i would i mean this isn't fair but i'd say maybe the majority of our chat so far you know in the so i enjoy applying principles you know yeah. from my coaching practice into the you know into the world of fatherhood, into the world of family and the individual personal life. Right. So mm-hmm. one of the, you know, it's, it's a common trope. This is used a lot, but to to really take a step back and look at ways that we move as as being or doing or relating, right? Or, mm-hmm. or these like broad categories of mm-hmm. sort of how we engage with the world. And so maybe, maybe a lot of what we've been talking about so far is. Is being, or maybe the majority of what we've been talking about is has been that sort of <laughs> vulnerability and connection and communication and <clears throat> spirituality, excuse me. But part of what I was excited to talk to you about here too is, I mean, you have a wealth, wealth, wealth of of knowledge and experience in. Um, I mean, I'm curious about like your your background in the agile coaching, but just your coaching experience in general. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to overgeneralize, but I think there is some. So let, let me back up one more step, which is, you know, out of the the dads that come into my world, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of them do really, maybe most in some capacity, want to learn how to slow down, how mm-hmm. to have hard conversations, to do the mm-hmm. kind of gritty work work. And it's still true that many of them need to be more organized and more clear and directive and have a vision and be able to communicate, you know, the, the doing part of life, right? The mm-hmm. operational doing part of life. And, you know, I mean, I'll just say my uh, my own inner skill set is is stronger in the being and, and I've had to work hard at creating systems and organizational structures and like that doesn't come first nature to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so family as startup, Stuart, right? Like, I'm curious the, to take your knowledge set, professional knowledge set, and what might be there that that's applicable to families?
1: Well, I'm going to say that a family as startup is such a hard thing because this is the person... That you love and see and sleep with every night, <laughs> so it's a it's a slightly different it's a slightly yeah. different thing. Um, but what I'll but I what what I will say is that some of the tools that I brought in, how to run an effective meeting. Oh my yeah. God! When I was able to do that with my with my spouse, let's check in. What is our agenda? We, you know, what are we trying to do? Let's prioritize that list of things that we're going to work on or talk about. Um, and I remember she was going, "Oh my God, this is amazing. You should do this more often. Where the How come you haven't done this before? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But but bringing that in has been um, has been amazingly useful. Um, I think also for a lot of, I'll just say I'm in a heterosexual relationship for a lot of women, when men show up and can show sequence and logic, it's a huge relief because then they don't have to carry that in their heads. Yeah, yeah. And so when I was able to do that, you know, I remember planning a trip and I designed a itinerary with all of our tickets and mm-hmm. all of our whatever, and it was in this little booklet. <laughs> no, uh, the problem is, of course, the you're a victim of your success because then now every time that happens, they're like, okay, well, you figure that out because obviously you could do that, right? So, but um, yeah bringing that level of detail and attention to detail Mm -hmm. uh, has been powerful in my family. So what I'll offer, use tools that we have in startup land, use Trello, Asana, (laughs) Slack, Google Docs, (laughs) Signal, (laughs) what's that like use the damn tools and you'll be surprised at how easier your life goes because you've got someplace to track and prioritize all the things that you want to have done.
0: Yeah, that's really true. And so, I mean, I'm laughing, uh, right. Literally right now. So today I sent a PDF to my wife for our weekend camping trip, mm -hmm. which was helpful, but we're, we're actually, our, our biggest struggle in our marriage right now is, uh, you know, we have, you know, run the business. We have the three kids. My wife has a career. Uh-huh. Um, we have a home. We're building a homestead, right? Yep. We have chickens, yep. we have a garden, we have the outbuildings, we have the yard, we have the cars, we have the, just all of this. So oh, we're okay. in the process of having a master tracking document. Like mm-hmm. we're just starting this process. And um, again, I, you know, I, I have. Uh, I feel very, very strong and confident in in supporting organizations from the outside and and noticing and giving feedback. Like this isn't in place. This isn't in place. But um, this is a good exercise for me. For me to create the system from the inside mm-hmm. of our family mm-hmm. and just you know take it all. I mean, that's actually. I think that's worth saying. You know, one of the big lessons that I've come through in the past handful of years as a dad and a professional is um yeah learn, learn doing the doing the gritty stuff or the stuff that doesn't come hasn't come That's first right. nature nature That's right. to me right? That's right. That's right and i've been resistant i'm not you know uh, you know very humbled by that you process you and
1: me both Dan. right <laughs> 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 When, yeah. when it's like oh come up with the details i don't want to like that's and what's interesting is that's the work i've also had to do when i was thinking about sexism and patriarchy mm. like why is it that i'm like you do the detail work i am making this money and it's like oh shit i hear that come out of my mouth and i'm like you know i'm, I'm revulsed by it yeah um yeah. and so yeah if you do the detail work uh, and they're you know, I've signed we've signed up for a and we're actually assigned putting in all these damn dates in it. <laughs> yeah. And if you treat it your your fatherhood like an important role like the important role that it is, and set time for meetings with the family, time for yourself, yeah, time mm-hmm. with your child or your children, and you know, schedule it so mm-hmm. you know what you have to do. I mean, I remember talking to um i forget this guy's name anyway he was saying like you know for a lot of men, structure is 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 the key thing for us to work on
0: i yeah i think that's so true right you know uh, i mean i'm just resonating personally right now it's, it's true for me it's 100 yeah. percent true for me you know like i have a i have a local men's group we meet every other week we met last night and mm-hmm. uh yeah, I think it's especially critical this structure in the age of complexity that we're oh, living yeah. in, right? Because oh, yeah. I'm deeply inspired by one of the dudes in my group, right? Like he he's a local contractor, he has a garden, he's got a couple of kids, and he and his wife have really honed in a a, a lifestyle of simplicity. And mm-hmm. and I don't think he needs uh, you know, Asana and, and right, the tattoos, right, right. right. But, uh, but, but it's been a really good process. It's just like, hold on. Like, what is it about my life that there's a billion things to hold? What if there was seven yes. things to hold? Yes. Right. Yes. Because the level of structural holding that needs to happen is really quite complex for in my life right now, you know,
1: but I think that's why prioritization is key because then the, the the most important things rise to the top. Yeah. And especially if you track that over time. I remember like last year, I kept thinking, well, my health is more important. And I was like, uh, I don't want to like exercise and I'm a chunky dude and this really sucks and I don't want to do it. But I'm starting to do it a because what I'm noticing is it is important not only for me it's important for my family and it's something i need to pay attention to so how do i create a structure around that yeah. and for some people it just could be you know the whiteboard in the kitchen in the in the kitchen where you're writing down like these are things we're trying to accomplish today or these are the things we need to yeah. get to go pick up you know the kid from soccer at three o'clock on a friday i put all of my meeting all of my things in my all my child's events in my work calendar yeah so i, I can see it you know, like just basic, basic things that you tell your CEO, your VPs to do. Mm-hmm. You get to do as your, as your, as your father, you're a co-founder with your wife or with your spouse. So, exactly.
0: Ex- well, exactly. That, that uh, I have, uh, I've learned some marital lessons through observing and supporting co-founders. <laughs> yes, that's right. a hundred percent, you know, yeah. Yeah. like, uh, I mean, it would be, a I I would not be proud of myself if I would learn those lessons professionally and not apply them personally. Apply them. Right?
1: Exactly. I mean, right. I, so many guys, when I sh- explain a little bit about this idea of structure and how to set up a meeting and to do it with their family, they're like, oh. and I've had the the spouses come up to me and go, Oh my God, thank you. I was about to kill him. <laughs> and I'm like, well, <laughs> that's a lesson I learned hard <laughs> and, you know, still, still am learning because, you know, there are times I don't do it as well as I thought yep. I would.
0: So you mentioned the um, somewhere embedded in there was you know taking time for yourself. Are you good at that? Has that been something you've you've have you have you taken care of yourself in ways during the? uh, I mean, I think there's a layer of sacrifice that's built into the job, right? That that's real. But and it's always an interesting balance, right? Like how do you how do you care for the self amidst it? How's how's that gone for you?
1: Um. It wasn't good for the first 10 years. I think that's obviously why, I, well, not obviously, but um, you don't know that part of my story, but why it was so hard on us. I did not take care of myself. Hmm. Or or the ways I took care of myself were the classic ways that men do, which is drinking yeah. and watching TV and socializing. I'm I'm really uh, excited um, about the, the sort of information and studies on aging that are coming out there you know Mm -hmm. there's a bunch of people who are talking about that um and so now like i do this i do this damn cold plunge thing you do i do oh my god it's miserable when you're in that goddamn tank but boy (laughs) when you come out it feels great (laughs) you know
0: yeah um, so i i am i am one of the very strange people i love that i freaking love that stuff man i i love the i'm a bit of a, a masochist around it i i love i like pain
1: well you know but the thing is i i did uh what's um i forget what his name is anyway the the protocol of like you sit in a sauna for for 20 minutes and then you go into the cold plunge oh and yeah back out yeah
0: huberman probably yeah huberman, that- yeah, huberman, huberman exactly
1: yeah. and i think that's the thing which is um as a father, we need to take care of ourselves and we need to we need to take care of our bodies. Yeah. Our, our bodies are the way our instruments in which we show affection, especially if you hug your wife or you hug your spouse or you hug your husband or whatever that thing is, and you hug your children. Like physicality and being healthy and feeling mobile and feeling good within your body is is really powerful. So yeah, I've started to do that. Um the the thing that I laugh at is that now I take a hot shower and I can't wait to do the cold shower part because I'm like, oh, I'm too hot. Okay, I'm going to take a cold shower <laughs> part. And I'm like, what the hell? What, what is that? You know, exercise. I mean, I did martial arts for years. And when I got, when I, when my daughter was first born for, for 10 years in my 40s, I pretty much ate everything I saw, drank and hung out and it didn't really do too much. And now I have to work my way back into, mm-hmm. um, into health and into mobility but it's not as i you know as you get older it's not about trying to do the same things when you're 20 or 30s it's do the same things as a 50 year old yeah yeah you know so totally yeah so yeah so I, to, to your point you were saying like um what are the breaks like yeah um i'm enjoying reading about aging and helping um, mm-hmm. myself think about how to age well so a double question or, or a layered question uh i'm i'm
0: imagining that you've maybe advised or talked about work life balance or some version of it with a lot of leaders um curious what you tell them and then curious how uh how you've implemented that yourself too
1: yeah for a lot of leaders i'm really like what's what's your values what are you trying to do and um, we have that i mean the 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 quote i love the most is moderation in all things including moderation so you get to notice when your life is out of whack and know why and then what do you want to do about it um and sometimes it re- does your life or your business requires you to f- hyperfocus on a particular thing but just don't get lost in that hyperfocus focus um, and you know continue to do that after the time is over so for myself personally what i do is um I just want to make sure I understand the question again, which is, uh, you were saying, what am have I you doing? kept a, Yeah, have you kept a, a
0: you know, a, a generalized work-life balance? Have you how have you balanced the two for yourself? Yeah,
1: I think I've gotten better as I've gotten older. Yeah. Um, when I was working for large tech companies, I remember being anxious every night. Did I remember everything? Did I forget? What did I forget? What am I? The politics of being in a a company that size you know now I still have that but I chuckle because I'm like wait I'm actually one of the managing partners I am a leader in an organization that really designs and desires its people to take care of themselves yeah so let me create a little nest and do a 20 minute deep breathing exercise or you know um I've got for example, there's a client that I'm working with or doing a large project for them. I know for the next two weeks after I come back from vacation, Mm -hmm. it's like, that's going to be my primary focus. Yeah. Right. So, but for the most part, I think my life's a lot more balanced just because of the values that I have, which is I don't want to be one of those people who has a heart attack in their 50s because of stress. I may have a heart attack for other reasons, but not because of stress.
0: (laughs) Do you really have three chickens? I saw on your LinkedIn that you said I do. You have three chickens.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, we have chickens. We had six um, in the pandemic. Um, Uh My my amazing, brilliant wife decided to schlep a chicken coop from San Francisco to Berkeley, where I'm at. Okay. and then we had these chickens and when they're small they're really cute <laughs> and then when they're about halfway they start to get really smelly
2: <laughs>
1: and then they're full grown i'll uh, be like get them outside and yeah we have six we had six okay. but raccoons and um other wildlife got two one died for natural reasons and then now we have three yeah yeah but that's also another thing is also to take care of animals as a father right and so you take care of the kid to take care of the animals it's a it's a whole thing yeah, you have we, you have
0: you have pets, right? We have nine chickens. We have a we have a cat right now. Uh, no dog. Pro- well, that's complicated. <laughs> uh, we uh, we we had all right. It's it's, it's very embarrassing. Um, Great. We adopted a an elderly dog uh, oh. a few years ago. Yeah, named Bonnie, who was very lovely. And then Elise got pregnant with our third, and uh, and uh, my mom readopted the the dog that we adopted. So ended up going with my parents, and which was I I believe was the right decision for us. We were we were maxed out all the way, and she was a bit had some needs, and uh, so that's that. But then literally every night that my not every single night, right? But when my middle son, he's four and a half. Uh, when he got escalated and you know was crying or got upset for the last yeah. couple of years yeah. like he automatically goes to i miss bonnie right so just just i mean that was his big big wound and he was so bummed uh so earlier this year we actually it was, it was actually funny when i went to oregon and, and saw you at the, mm-hmm. the retreat mm-hmm. um we got a puppy and uh and it didn't work <laughs> it 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 unfortunately didn't work uh-huh. uh we had her we were training her we we're getting training all of the different things but uh we couldn't the kids couldn't be where the puppy was she would tackle and maul um all three kids anytime and they had you know had a one uh a one-year-old at the time oh, and so
1: yeah, yeah yeah yeah. that's dangerous that's right
0: it was it got dangerous and it was uh it wasn't working and and the training wasn't it was taking but anyway so uh it's a point of deep i guess um uh, embarrassment for me but my, i think my wife even more so mm. and we she just wants a dog so bad so so no we don't have a dog we are considering um we've raised chickens for meat in the past we're yep. considering getting some pigs yeah uh but you know talking about the work-life balance for me at this point it's you know, with, with the kids as little they, as they are, you know, my day, like without exaggerating is, you know, 532, let's right. say right. 830 PM. Right. And there's no, I'm mean, one of the things about fatherhood that I've think is, I've enjoyed for myself is like, there's no goofing around anymore. Like I, like I'm not like, there is no gap in there. Right. That's, and so we have these visions of, you know, growing more food and all that stuff. And I think we can, I think we'll get there. I think we just have to be uh, smart about the pace at which we get there, right? And I think we we have ambitions and we also have little kids so we're just trying to balance all that, but.
1: You know, um, that makes me think though, I've got to say, Dan, one of the things I think about fatherhood as well too, and we talked a little bit about this um, before we started today, was this idea of creating an intentional community to have more fathers around. Yeah. Can you imagine what it had been like if you were going through all of this that you had three other households around you okay we'll we'll do this part of the chickening you know and then this yes. part of the raising yes. and then this yeah and there's something i think about what i see as the next step around fathering and being a father is how do you be in fa- how do you be a father in a community yeah um, right now we live in sort of a, a a modified family compound. um there's a there's a a woman with two children. i'm not I'm not in any way shape or form their father. I, I know their father. He's a great guy. But how can I be um appropriately mm-hmm. f- fathering in this community with with their um with these two girls, their father, as well as um, the mother like how do I support that family do you know what I'm saying yeah. uh, uh, completely completely and, and I feel like that's uh, I mean, if we can crack that nut in the next 10 years given the level of instability both economically climate wise societally if more people can come into community and mm-hmm. support each other especially the fathers support the fathers the fathers support the mothers fathers support the children and all the way around as well too mothers support fathers blah 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 we would have way more resilient organizations more communities organizations will have way more resilience just in society i actually feel like what you're saying there what you're describing is
0: maybe uh potentially in this you know unknown future we're heading into yeah might have to happen for have us to, to be that's okay true. right I, I i i that's part of my general concern for my kids as a father is, you know, with the, the climate and the tech and just all of the things I, like, I, I have been, it seems to me like there's a rising sort of anxiety in all, all a lot of people right now. And yeah, yeah. If we're going to make it, if we're going to get through this in a healthy way, I, I, we we have to come together. I mean, I think that's, so I'm direct, engaged in what you're saying here completely you know one of the most a moment I, I think about a lot is two of my really close friends are my assistants on my wilderness island trips out here and mm-hmm. they fly in and we spend a day getting gear prepped and stuff and my boys come out and there's these two healthy badass men that that i love with my whole heart and, mm-hmm. and they're open and mm-hmm. those moments of uh Yeah. Those moments of familial community.
2: Mm -hmm. I mean, it's
0: so, I mean, honestly, I started my career with that, Stuart. Like I started my career as a, basically a professional big brother in these therapeutic programs. And I, and I could see like one of my young, clear visions was that how, you know, one male, one dad is, is just the beginning, right? We need so many Healthy men. I mean, to really optimally be healthy, I think we need right. so many mentors, so many people to look up to. All of these things, and so yeah, we're hard at work cracking this case that you presented here. I, I, I do think that's the,
1: that's the the big step to lean into. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I hope if anything that comes out of this podcast for any of the listeners, it would be this idea of creating the community around you getting the support if you're if you're a new father or or a father of teens or adults yeah right like yeah. Con, continue to get support um creating uh a path or a plan where you can feel really good about being whatever father you were either recovering or healing from the mistakes you've made or celebrating the wins that you've had you know um and for whatever your path is in being a father. Just to look at that journey and be like, well, I did that,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, whatever it was, I did that. And either I own it or, um, and I make peace with it, whatever that is good or bad. Yeah. I'm really appreciative of, of how you, you know, how you
0: share all this. I feel like, you know, what you're describing is a very intentional conscious approach Mm -hmm. to, to being a parent. But I, but I feel like the, the way I receive it, the way it lands, as I hear you say it, is is really incredibly grounded and mm-hmm. you know practical and real and present and uh yeah I'm uh I'm really grateful for for this time I'm, I'm I'm glad to know you and uh excited to you know trade more father talk as as we move forward
1: for sure same here same here and you know I can't wait to see what where you go and know that I'm an ally and a supporter and um, yeah, let's, let's make an intention to like just really elevate fatherhood in this country. Yeah. Done. Okay. All right, Stuart. Thanks for being here. Thanks
0: Dan. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for paying attention. Please share this with people. Please give us a review wherever you listen to this and uh, yeah, give some love to a dad, give some love to a mom. Actually just give some love. That's, that's what you should probably do. All right. Take care.